and welcome to the Autish Podcast. My name is Onikage, and this autism podcast, like my blog, provides various autistic content. I am autistic myself, and I aim to promote acceptance and to explore various stories and personalities from the autistic community. This podcast will feature guests that are involved in the autistic community in some way. Today's podcast theme is neurodiversity. Neurodivergent people have different neurological brains that isn't exclusively autism. Some could have ADHD, dyslexia, PTSD, to name a few. Basically, neurodiversity promotes acceptance of various ways in how the brain is wired and it embraces many ways of thinking. Our guest today is Yen Perkis, formerly known as Jeanette Perkis. Yen is a non-binary autistic advocate, speaker and author. They keep themselves busy with their talks, blogs and podcasts to get the word out there about autism and their experiences. I have previously been interviewed by Yen in their podcast, Jeanette's Autism Show. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name's Yen. I'm an autistic advocate and speaker and podcast host and radio host and um, author of six books, hopefully soon to be seven. I'll keep you informed about that. Um, yeah, and I spent the last sort of 15 years of my life dedicated to making a difference for autistic people and those who love and care for us and actually bringing a different view to the world. I live in Canberra in Australia in my little home that's called Whimsy Manor and it's got art everywhere and I have a little black kitty called Mr Kitty and yeah I have a pretty good life being an advocate. I also work in government administration to pay the mortgage and yeah life's good at the moment. That's fantastic. Uh, the first question I'd ask you is, uh, what does neurodiversity mean to you? Uh, it's interesting, the concept of neurodiversity. I, I came across it a few years ago and, and immediately embraced it. And I guess for me, it's about the idea that everyone in the world has a brain that's wired in a different way, you know, how their brain is is different. And for some people, called neurodivergent people includes autistic people, uh, people with ADHD, um, dyslexia, all sorts of neurodivergences have just a different neurology and it's the idea that that difference is no better or worse than anybody else's. It's just different. And as I see a lot of ideas about neurodivergent and autistic culture, the idea that it's like we speak another language and uh, and we generally have to fit in with the rest of the world. We generally have to speak the language of, of the, the, the other people, which is very confusing for us and it's not understood by them that we are different and that we're actually not poorly functioning versions of them. We're actually perfectly valid and you know, d decent versions of ourselves. And I guess that cultural thing to me comes really clearly with ideas of neurodiversity, but it is it's about acceptance, it's about activism, it's about advocacy, it's about saying, you know, we've spent however many generations in the world being disadvantaged and discriminated against and that shouldn't be the case because it shouldn't be the case for anyone but, you know, it's a difference, it's a divergence. So I guess that's that's my feeling and I guess the community, that the neurodiverse community and the autistic community um, is a really important thing for, for people who are neurodivergent um, and being, you know, that, that sort of cliche of finding your tribe. But there's sort of something to that, the idea that you find your peer group, you find other people who speak your language. And I find that for me is very true. I think almost all my friends now are neurodivergent and 
there's that close fellow feeling and, and that's a beautiful thing and that diversity adds to human experience rather than detracting from it, I guess. Yeah, I do agree with that. When I first discovered neurodiversity, I was intrigued by the name and the whole neurological aspect because we never really think of different types of brains. We think of gender, we think of sex, we think of race, we think of sexuality, but we don't think of different kinds of neurological differences in people. And seeing neurodivergent in different kinds of people is an interesting way of thinking because I worry about society just sticking towards the norm, the one way to work in society, but that doesn't work for everybody. And I feel that the whole neurodivergent look at different people's brains can give you different insights of how other people think and also think outside the box. And it's great because it's not just autism we're talking about. It is ADHD or maybe even learning difficulties like dyslexia, dyspraxia. I also have learning difficulties as well as autism. So it's just nice to see things in an umbrella term as well. Because people might get confused and go, oh, you have autism and this and this and this and this. It's like, I think it's good to have an umbrella term. It's kind of like queer in a way for non-binary and so and other labels. But they put it down to queer so they don't confuse people. I think neurodiversity is a similar thing to that, which I think is really convenient. But at the same time, it can help those and make people feel less left out. Next question, what diagnosis do you have that relate to being neurodivergent? I have a diagnosis of autism. So I was initially diagnosed in 1994 with what was then Asperger's syndrome and then I was re-diagnosed I think in 2013 with or 14 with the um, autism spectrum condition diagnosis. I'm currently in the process of seeking a diagnosis for ADHD because I've just seen so many similarities between myself and friends who are autistic and also have ADHD. I mean, lots of similarities and I just think I would be surprised if I if I don't have it. I actually saw my psychiatrist who is an expert in ADHD and I mentioned it to her and he goes, yep, yeah, that sounds sounds plausible, so I just have to do the assessment. But I've done the online assessment and scored very high. So, yeah, and, and I like the idea of neurodiversity as an umbrella. I remember when they changed the, the diagnostic manual, which would have been, what, in 2013, I think, and yeah. they used to have Asperger's and autism as two separate diagnoses, and you get these people who were really odd about I've got Asperger's, I'm not autistic, and it's a real separatist thing. Mm. I used to break my heart because, you know, we all have similar experiences and going around almost saying that having Asperger's, whatever that means, is better somehow than than being autistic. It just, that stuff makes me really upset because that's not inclusive. And so I've been really happy to see how in the most part the autistic community has come together since then and we don't have those conversations. They're not it's very rare that I come across that thinking, which is fantastic. So I do think with neurodiversity to be more 
closely aligned um, with other people with similar but different experiences is really important. And I think when talking about diversity and intersectionality and all of those things, we're stronger together, we're stronger united. I wrote a blog for a website called Clickability about that separatism within the communities and people thinking we're better than you and and all that kind of thing. And the title of the thing was United We Stand because I really think we have enough to contend with in the world from the rest of the world being horrible to us without us being divided within our own communities. So I guess that's how I feel about that. Yeah, that that does make sense. With the autism spectrum or autism Asperger's, Related to that, I worry that people can be a bit elitist about certain labels. They will they will think that, oh, I have this diagnosis and not this diagnosis, and they can get not very kind about it, and it's a bit worrying because there's people out there who don't want labels, which I understand. If people don't want labels, that's okay. But there's those that do have labels, but they like to parade it around and expect sympathy and what worries me is the people that do use labels but don't like the neurodivergent label, they think that it's just positive nonsense. Like It's like the equivalent of inspiration porn. They think, oh, neurodivergent is positive happiness. We are who we are. There's no negatives, which is not true. We Neurodivergent should show both the positives and the negatives. Yeah. Yeah, if you come from the social model of disability, which is for my mind when talking about these issues, so the, so the social model of disability, if people haven't come across it, is where um, disability is not seen as a medicalised thing. It's actually seen in the context of society and the disablement comes from prejudice and ableism from society. That's basically the social model. So if you're looking at that around neurodivergence, I find that a really helpful thing to do and to say, well, any disabling effects are not because of any deficits within us. They're because we live in a world that doesn't understand or respect us a lot of the time and that is very disabling. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. I do find it difficult when people put down neurodivergent people and, you know, like comedians and stuff like that, and it's it's okay to have a bit of a joke apparently, which I find quite offensive myself. I, I think um, there's other – they wouldn't joke about other conditions or differences. So I do find that hard. And, yeah, when people are like, oh, well, at least I've got this, but at least I'm not like that, and you do sometimes come across people from other parts of the disability community who are not very understanding around autism and neurodivergence themselves, and that can be quite difficult because, I, as I say, I tend to be a fan of unity and working together. So when someone's got that separatist attitude, it's like, oh, well, at least I'm not like you. And that whole... Um, you know, how people talk down to us sometimes, you know, it's okay to apparently people think it's okay to talk down to autistic people and um, all of that. And I find that really difficult. Uh, I get very annoyed with people. And, yeah, the labelling thing's really interesting too. And you get parents who say, oh, no, I don't want to label for my child. And you think, but your child is only able to access any services and supports if they have that label. And that's the – there's two points to my mind for a diagnosis of ADHD, autism, whatever else – 
identity, so as part of I'm proud of who I am, that's a great reason to have a diagnosis. So you fit within, and you don't need one to fit within the community. There's a lot of people who are going through the process or who are fairly certain that describes them and that, you know, that's their journey. But the point of it, the point of the diagnosis is to access services and supports and for identity. And so if, if you need services and supports and you know that you, you would attract that label or your child would attract that label, it's probably a very good idea to get it. And and that, that lack of understanding of labelling, that issue with labelling children, I think comes from a place of deep ignorance because a child is autistic anyway a child has ADHD anyway whether they have the diagnosis or not the diagnosis is a description given to that child but if they could attract that diagnosis they could whether they have it or not so the label is not going to make them autistic and I think some people really quite misunderstand it and they think oh well if I I mean I know of somebody who a relative who um, somebody got a diagnosis for their child and this person said, oh, well, I suppose if you take the child for an autism diagnosis, they'll get autism. And I'm thinking, well, gee, if that's the case, I'm not having a mammogram again because <laughs> I'll get breast cancer. You know? But those kind of attitudes are all over the place and yeah. that thinking is really needs, uh, we need to do a bit of a bit of knowledge raising around that, I think. I definitely think there needs to be an attitude adjustment on even just autistic people, neurodivergent people, anyone with some sort of difficulties because I I do believe we do get treated the same way now as we did back then. There have been improvements, but I feel like people are being conditioned to, oh, there's a person with disabilities, let's talk down to them. And that upsets me, even if they don't mean it. Yeah. Mm, that's what I mean by condition. They, whether they mean it or not, subconsciously or not, they they do it anyway. And I feel like those attitudes need to be changed, and yeah. people need to be aware that it hurts us. We don't want to be treated like we're five years old. We want to be treated as a person. We are all people at the end of the day, and yes, all our minds no. work differently. Maybe some could be mentally younger, or maybe it's hard to understand instructions, yeah. but. We need assistance, we need support, and that's what we should do for neurodiversity, both neurodivergent or mm. neurotypical. We all should support each other. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think, and I think we have a lot more knowledge now, but we don't have a lot more understanding in, in society. I think the information exists, but there's a lot of other very unhelpful information crowding it out, and there's also... A lot of things standing in the way. So bullying. When I was at school, bullying was seen as character building, or at least that's what teachers used to tell me. They'd say things like that, or, oh, you'll look back on your school days fondly. Well, of course I don't. And so they don't say that now, but they say other things. They say your son wouldn't be or your daughter or your child wouldn't be bullied if they got some resilience, which is just as useless as saying, get you know, it's character building. It's just as, to that young person, that statement is just as unhelpful. So we've got all the information on how to address bullying in schools, and yet we've still got bullying in schools. And it's just a case in point with all these things that there is knowledge to address. And yes, things have definitely improved, but there is so far to go. I used to have this thing where I thought maybe one day in the future, 
I won't be needed as an advocate. Like I won't have to do advocacy. I I can be a facilitator and everything will be in place and it'll just be a matter of making sure the kinks are ironed out and it's all working well and people are being respected and supported and things. But now I wonder, and the other thing is things go backwards as well. So what we do as advocates is really important, not just because we're ushering in a better world, but because we don't know if we're ushering in a better world. We don't know what happens. And so the yep. work that we do and other advocates do is so important because without it, there's no advocacy. And that's when, if there is pushback, that's when things get really bad. So I don't know how I got onto activism and advocacy, but it is so important, you know, to assume it's all going to be fine. Yeah, hopefully it will all be fine, but we can't assume that. And it's really important to keep in mind that this stuff requires attention and that's what we're doing. I do think yeah. advocacy is good relating to neurodiversity, even if it's not specifically autistic people, um, whether it's ADHD or whatever other neurological mm. thing. <laughs> I can't think of the right word, but <laughs> I don't want to say condition because <laughs> I feel that sometimes condition can be used like negatively. It's like you yeah. have a condition and it's just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> um, it's without advocacy, I think we won't, we're not as forward as we would want to be. If we, there was no advocacy, I think we'd still be as we were in the 90s. No one knows what autism is. It's, oh, you have special needs, which that was my case back in the 90s when I was at school. Um, it was all special needs and give them support, but the support I had wasn't that effective. They didn't fully understand. Um, yeah. So even in the 90s, they would still trying to get to grips with all that but I still think they were still behind <laughs> it wasn't just autism even things like more severe cases whether they're someone's autistic or maybe they have um yeah. speech impediments or such they were all treated the same way um all treated as oh they're strange or yeah. why are they acting like that and it's a shame and I hope I really hope that in Proves more now yeah. we're in 2019 yeah we have no yeah. excuse now yeah definitely the final question is that while we're still talking about neurodiversity do you consider yourself neurodivergent yes i do more recent especially because i'm looking into adhd because there's not much point saying i'm autistic and I have ADHD, yeah, it's better to say I'm a neurodivergent individual and then if anyone asks for information, I can specify. Um, and I do like that sense of people being closer, people being together. Um, of course, you need to be uh, distinct enough to have a distinct identity as a group, but I think the, the neurodivergent group is distinct enough and I think it's nice to, you know, it's a good thing to be close with other people and to be inclusive. I spend my whole life trying to be inclusive. It's, it's a very important um, part of life really. Um, so, yes, I'm quite happy and, and, and quite proud to be neurodivergent, I think. But it is quite a recent thing. It's only in the last sort of few months that I've been thinking in those terms. And I think that's been more the discussion has moved into that than it was before. So I think, as per usual, I've kept up with the times. It's always good to research. <laughs> but, but I think that's a good thing. It's always good to research um, and 
keep up to date as yeah. I do as well because yeah. things keep changing and it's just like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on here? It's funny because with gender diversity, I've had quite a few older people get very flummoxed by my name change and by my pronoun change and, oh, we're old, we don't understand. And I've got no sympathy for that really because – I'm 44. My thinking changes all the time. I'm learning new information about what I do every single day and I'm quite willing to change. So I think behind that, I'm old, I can't do this, I think there is something behind that which is a reluctance to get across those kinds of issues, which is not a good thing. I I do think with with, um, diversity there isn't really that much of an excuse for not getting across things because we're talking about people's lives, about their identities, about their experience. And if you want to be respectful, then understanding is really important. And I I don't – the other day I posted a blog and I put – I quoted somebody and the quote mm-hmm. was about the civil rights movement. I posted this blog and I got an email, a message on my page from some very kind person saying, Yen, I love your work, but when you said this, it sort of smacks of erasure. I'm like, holy crap, I'll remove it then. And that was my initial response, oh, yeah, no. getting rid of that. Because I did not want – it was a piece about advocacy and I thought I don't want to write a piece about advocacy and then be culturally inappropriate through doing so it just horrified me but I know sadly I know that a lot of people would have got defensive and got snarky with the person who pulled them up whereas thankfully I'm at a point of maturity in my life where I did not get defensive I felt really bad and I thought okay well that's easily fixed I will remove that part but I think I think for a lot of people it's not that easy I don't know why it's not that easy but um yeah diversity and respect everything comes down to it in my book really everything that we do comes down to respecting people and understanding diversity and diverse experiences i think people forget about learning anything is that you have to make mistakes in order to learn and with that recent post that you mentioned you got told and you're just like oh no but now you know and it's always good to learn learning is good for the brain yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's for people you know it's, it's good to be inclusive of other people because it's nice and people from diversity groups I know this because I belong to a fair number of them there is so much prejudice and hatred out there when people are lovely it just it makes life easier yeah, yeah I agree besides the negatives of communities and there's people in an echo chamber besides all that and all the negatives what I love about communities the most is everyone talking get together have a discussion and even finding new friends and that's what I love about community the most is it just helps you and you learn new things and it can change a few people's lives as well if they want to try something new And one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is so I can actually learn more from the community by talking. And I've previously done interviews for previous photography slash video projects. So I'm quite excited and nervous for this project. And I'm excited to where it's 
going to head up. So <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I, I'm your first person, aren't I? That's a kind of privilege. Thank you. Uh, that's really nice. I, I will be sharing this far and wide. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will be providing your links in the description of the podcast, your blog, um, and possibly your podcast, but I will promote the provided links below. Yes, I'll send you links. And for those who read my Ottish blog and want to read more on my opinions on neurodiversity, check out the blog at ottish.wordpress.com. Any final thoughts before we close up? Oh, just thank you for having me on your show. It's lovely. I hope it does really well. I have to suggest some uh, people that you might want to interview as well. It's been really lovely and it's nice to talk about neurodiversity. That's a great topic. And, um, yeah, that I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Autish podcast. If you like more blog information, please access autish.wordpress.com Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. This is Onikage from Otish, signing out.